Welcome back to the Rebel Alliance Media Podcast. We are in Garage Mahal, and uh, we are here in an evening recording with P Nate and Pootie. How you doing? Can't complain at all, man. To be honest with you, it's uh, it's a. I know we said this before, but we're it's a little bit weird that we're here at night. Well, we're here at night for a very specific reason. So all cards on the table. We are recording this a couple weeks before you're hearing it. So we <laughs> we try we try not to do this too much because we want to keep up with culture and we want to kind of talk about what's happening in our network and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we're recording this a couple weeks in advance because uh, we actually the most important member of the Rebel Alliance is leaving for a month. He's taken off to Australia. He's taken off to Australia. Uh, so Dave, uh, the one behind the scenes who doesn't get uh, as much mic time as uh, Chris and I, uh, he's taken off. He's going to visit family in Australia. And because he's gone for a bit, we need to record a couple of episodes so that we can keep, uh, we can stay on routine. So here we are in Garage Mahal in the evening recording a Q&A episode for something that won't actually get released for a couple of weeks. So it feels, I want to say disingenuous. Like it feels like we're faking things a little. Wait, Can we just it, get over that? Is it is it like TV like films things in advance? I know. Is it weird I know. for the, for I the Rebels to do this? I like, feel is, like it is. I feel weird about it. I, I feel a little so bit. So I feel like if I talk about how weird I feel about it, it will be less weird. I'm I'm a little bit rattled by the whole experience. Like <laughs> there's lights on, like it's not sunny outside or at least daylight. I don't have to go back to work after this. Like, <laughs> it's weird. It's just, it's, it's throwing me right off. I agree. Um, so... All that to say, we are the Rebels. Thanks for joining us. We are proud members of the Berean Media Network, where you will hear sound theology. Uh, we have a, a few friends in this network. Hopefully, by the time this gets released, we're still in the network. Well, <laughs> or, and hopefully, there's, doing well. there's no rapture. If you if there was, and we're gone mm, by now. Good point. Good don't, point. Don't take our eschatology stuff very seriously. <laughs> 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 but that won't happen, right? That No, that won't happen. Uh, yeah, so BMN, that's where I was, right? Front Pew, uh, Chris Griggs, Ben Rudolph, and Matt Capps, pastors, uh, uh, podcast by pastors, for pastors, our friends over at the Layman's Cup, uh, that uh, both those podcasts come out on Mondays, and the Two Thieves comes out on Thursdays, or whenever they really feel like dropping an episode. <laughs> and then ourselves, we're all part of the Berean Media Network. We push each other's content, we encourage one another, we sharpen one another, and uh, and we try to get the gospel out in all of the various spheres that God has given to each one of our podcasts. Tonight, uh, because we're recording this episode a little bit in advance, we are just doing some questions that have accumulated. It's been a while since we've done a Q&A episode. It has been a bit. Yeah, so uh, so it's nice to get to, to listeners' questions. And let me just take this as an opportunity to say to all of our listeners, we love how interactive our listeners are. Um, we, uh, we, we, we are so grateful that we get the messages we do, the emails that we do, that people like and share and, and comment on the videos that we're posting and the, the podcast episodes. I love having an interactive audience because if we were just doing this, you know, we could we could watch the the the, the stats, so to speak. We could we could see how many people are listening. But I love the fact that people have taken the time to introduce themselves. Uh, I got an email the other day from uh, a listener in Belgium. I I, I don't Belgium? know. Yeah, I, I didn't new. know we had listeners in Belgium just saying hi, enjoying the podcast. I like that people reach out. So if this is your first time listening to the Rebels, or or you have started listening recently and you have not reached out to us, we would love to get an email from you. Info at rebelalliancemedia.com. 
or you can find us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. All those things. Find us, interact with us. We love getting questions from you. And once we kind of get a few questions kind of stockpiled up that are, you know, sometimes we get questions and we can just answer them in the email. Sometimes we get questions that we think a broader audience might uh, enjoy hearing us answer these things or the or we've gotten multiple questions on this. Uh, then we do a Q&A episode. And so we like interacting with people. So thanks so much for interacting with us. And uh, and we love that, uh, that we have that uh, sort of listenership. Love it. So questions can you start off start off with a fun one do we have any fun questions <laughs> do we have uh, fun questions what bit haven't we done we haven't done one of our bits for a bit we can do that bits for a bit can i just keep saying bit yeah, please know. do this one we haven't done for a while we kind of put it on the back burner but i'm bringing it back right now okay you take the mark if take the mark if put it to you uh, first my friend i take the mark if i never had to buy a book again if i never had to pay for a book again you'd still get books though totally yeah, if well, I just got books for free, I would take the I would take the mark. So I already have that because you buy books and then I just take <laughs> those books. Okay, I'm going to change my answer. If you never <laughs> borrowed and never returned a book for, again, I would take the mark. I'm quite. If gone. I was able to keep all the books, no, I, I don't think you have any right now that I, you I'm, have not returned. I'm actually pretty good at returning your you books, are, but you, you are, that's only I've because I I know that you need you. to give those to other people <laughs> as well. Um, but like speaking of which, uh, how are uh, I've suggested a few books to you in in recent episodes. Recent. How are you? doing on mission of god is that what you're reading first yeah i went to the mission of god first joe boot, joe boot and it is fantastic yes so i love hearing you say um it, it's very good it's very good yeah it's a good I, book now in fairness i i was expecting to be farther ahead than i am right now in it yeah you have to read it slowly uh, he's a it, smart dude it is a, it's a slow read it's a good it's not a hard read it's just there's a lot there yeah. and it's and meaty it's meaty in, in Canada, for our Belgian listeners and all the American brethren that we have, we just had a, our Thanksgiving weekend, which, uh, you know, just passed. So that'll give you an idea when we're recording. Um, but that weekend was busy. So I didn't get to sit. To, you know, when you want, like, all you want is to sit by in your favorite chair, hot coffee, crack open the book and just read for a couple hours. That's all I ever want. Chris. That's I just, that is your <laughs> That is dream. all I ever want. Well, that didn't happen uh, on those weekends, so yeah. I didn't get any of that time. And so I'm a little bit farther behind in the book than I was hoping to be at this stage. So, But I'm still determined to be done that, the Keller books, all the other books that you told me to read. <laughs> by you better have written them down. Empire is a Dirt, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, by Christmas. Nice. So that's my goal. I'm sticking to it. Shouldn't be hard. That'll put me at 45 for the year, I think so. Nice. Which isn't bad. Yeah. I don't know where I'm at actually. Well, maybe we'll do a year end. We should do do it next year. We should do like every week and just keep a checklist. You can get to race to 52 or whatever. That, that, that's good. I, I'm always incentivized by competition, but, (laughs) but I was thinking like year end, um, we should do a podcast episode on what books we have read throughout the year and what books we would recommend. Our top tens. Yeah, put that on the back burner. Beautiful. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> write that you down. write that down. Do we have an intern? He should be writing that down. We should have an intern. Uh, if you'd like to-, to intern with the Rebels, <laughs> send your resume to info at rebelalliancemedia.com. Awkwardly, it's not a paid position. You actually pay us to join the Rebel Alliance. Um, but if you're not from Canada, uh, we can promise a wonderful Canadian experience, which includes wonderful craft beer, uh, a lot of bacon, uh, Tim Hortons, the, the poutine, as <laughs> the they poutine. say up here. Yeah, is that a thing? And and a lot of we we pronounce our our OUs funny, according to some of our listeners, about 
Is that, I don't, that sounds See, I don't think we're pronouncing it funny. I think other people pronounce it wrong. Fair enough. But that may be our snobbish Canadianness coming what, out. Uh, Canadians are known for being snobby. That's just you. That's just me. That's just me. <laughs> How, I get told what would, them, you, what would you take the mark for? Well, I, what I, I, there were so many things I would take for. <laughs> to, to be, your, your book went through me, though. Yeah, yeah um, sorry, sorry. So I was, like, I was like, you know what? That's actually, that's actually quite good. Um, so there, there's that. I, I, I'll tell you what I would take it for in a heartbeat without even thinking about it. If I never would, okay. So, you know, you go, you're about to get ready for work. See, I have to, I have to wear, you know, somewhat nice clothes when I go to work. So you got to get up, you got to iron the shirt, got to iron it. Cause you can't be walking in with your shirt all wrinkled in dress pants. That doesn't look, nobody looks, if I never had to iron again, I would be a happy man. But it, that's not I, that's not even the full extent of where I would go with that. You know when you start ironing and all of a sudden you get like a little mark on your white shirt because mm. the iron like leaks some weird substance out of it. I think it's like rust or something. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe you should just get a new iron. Well, that's that, if but, it's leaking rust. But that's the first, not a good but thing. the first time it happens, you didn't know that <laughs> okay, it was happening, fair, right? Fair. Like so, then it's just like that shirt's ruined completely. And I'm out. Do people still? I'm I'm a little boggled by this. People still have ironing boards. Yeah. Use a steamer, man. I have they're a steamer. So they're so much easier. That's like saying, oh, you know what I really hate about my flip phone? Well, you shouldn't have a flip phone. So who cares? <laughs> Here's <laughs> that I agree with. Here's the problem with the steamer. Can I can I enlighten you? Because um, you know you're a you're a hipster pastor. Um, hold on a sec. Hold on. I'm actually I'm actually getting a call from a friend. Maybe Hello? Someone's gotta go. Nate Wright. Chris Griggs, how are you, sir? Hey, how'd you know it was me? Uh, for some reason, I have you on my phone, but you'll actually never guess. I, we're actually recording right now. Oh, we are? Uh, yeah, we're recording. We're so, recording for Rebels right now. So you're live you're, on the air. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, that's that's great. We we, we are actually just uh, recording a Q&A episode, so it's actually uh, it's pretty low-key around here. Well, that's good because I wanted to ask you a question. Okay, is it is it something that uh, that can be asked on air, or do you want me to step outside? Oh, it can be asked on the air, absolutely. All right, go for it. All right, what'd you think of the new Star Wars trailer? <laughs> that's a great question. Okay, I have so many thoughts. Hey, Pooty, have you seen it yet? <laughs> no, I'm I'm in spoil. I'm in no spoiler zone, so I'm not uh, even do watching. You watch it right now. Watching it right now. All right. Okay, I think it was phenomenal, uh, Griggs. I, I think, so for, for our listeners, I, if you don't listen to The Front Pew, which we tell you to do every single episode, you should be listening to The Front Pew. Front Pew is one of our friends from the BMN, and, and Pastor Chris Griggs is the pastor from uh, Be- Denver Baptist Church and, yeah, uh, and yeah. the host of The Front Pew podcast. Um, so, right yes, Pastor Griggs, I have seen the new Star Wars trailer. I watched it today. Yeah. And I was blown away by it. Um, first of all, I did think that they maybe spoiled too much. Oh, that's why I'm not watching yeah. it. Sorry. No, they didn't spoil anything. <laughs> Watch it real quick, Chris. <laughs> Are you watching it right now? Yeah, I got it right now. I don't know if this is going to make it onto the podcast, but Chris <laughs> is literally watching it right now. So we'll get your, uh, we'll, we'll tell you our thoughts in just a second. Well, that was our friend, uh, Pastor Chris Griggs. Uh, and he literally just called in the middle of recording to uh, to talk about the new Star Wars trailer. So. I, I for a moment I was thinking he was calling 
because of the fact that like you know they record and they play a game one's gotta go right i was all of a sudden no, that's like, layman though the, the, the yeah i didn't know but because we just made fun of it right i didn't know if he was calling to like you know get in on the joke oh, or something yeah. i well i just thought it was rant, like yeah it's not like chris calls me every day so well you gotta uh, take the call it's from north gotta, carolina yeah it's from north carolina it's very intense <laughs> so yeah uh so Man, Griggs is a big Star Wars fan. We got to get him on. I didn't realize how big a fan he was of Star Wars. Like we were just talking, like we were just theory spinning for a while there. Yeah, it's like the reform, uh, the reformed continuationalist. There's more of us than you realize. <laughs> There's more reformed Star Wars fans than you realize. <laughs> oh man, Griggs. All right, well, we gotta we gotta find time to. We should just we should just have a time where we just get together with Griggs and just theorize on Star Wars. I got lots of theories. I got lots of theories too. So anyway, it's a great trailer. We, we literally just made Chris Poots, Pooty, watch the trailer that he said he wasn't going to because he wanted to go into it with no spoilers. So Which says a lot of things about peer pressure. <laughs> so <laughs> like that's a very good there's point. a lot of there's a lot of issues. Here's the question that I'm putting back to the audience, so feel free to uh, you know comment in the Facebook. Is it peer pressure if your pastor tells you to do it? <laughs> Like I can't answer that question because I'm your pastor. So, so like, yeah, good question. It kind of works. Uh, <laughs> speaking of questions, we were just about to start uh, doing some questions. Let's, so let, before we get serious, let's ask, let's ask. We got a we got a whole bunch of questions. Like all right, well, let's see how many we can uh, still get through. All right, let's <clears throat> let's throw this one out because this one's uh, this one's a bit of fun. Okay, at the start here. So first question we got was fantasy six pack. So let's explain a little bit. Fantasy six pack of beer, but I'm going to take it a little bit a step farther and say these are the only six like beers you're ever going to be able to drink again. Well, so that changes it totally. You can drink them yeah, yeah. as many as many times as you want, but these are the only six you will ever drink again. Right. Um, Go. Okay, so Amsterdam's boneless uh, bo- or bone shaker IPA. You do like the bone shake. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's there. Um, Underdog IPA, fantastic. Um, okay. I'd, I'd probably go with uh, Mr. Insurance Man, uh, which is Toboggan. Um, fantastic beer. I'd, I'd probably go with Rolling Rock because Rolling Rock is like my go-to, you know, refreshing drink. Like that's that's if it's a hot summer day or something like that. Um, I'm going to go with Guinness, obviously, because you need a stout in there, um, because sometimes you just need a stout. And then I'm probably going to go with Delirium Tremens. Delirium Tremens? Which is a... I don't think I've had that. Yeah, it's a, it's a Trappist. It's delicious. They have it on tap at Chaucer's. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it's so good. So those are, that, that would be my, that's my fantasy six pack right there. So I got my I got two IPAs in there. Um, I got a, a strong ale. I have a light ale. I have a stout, and I have a Trappist. Beautiful. You are much more cultured than I am. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. I'll break mine down for you. Yours is Summersby. Summersby light. Summersby. Okay, I'll grapefruit. go with Summersby first because that is on the list. <laughs> so Summersby. Didn't it say beer? Yeah, I I didn't want to I didn't want to like <laughs> right, fudge the poll and be like yeah, yeah. I can still have summers because it's not yeah. technically a beer. Um, so I put it on the list because I consider it a beer. Um, so I got Summersby on there as my cider. Then I went with Heineken 
which I realize is super mainstream because Heineken, I'm a soccer guy. It supports my team. I got to watch. I like, I like having a pint of it when I'm watching the game. Peer pressure. Then I went with Carlsberg, which is another old man beer because I feel like what's well, an old man at heart. Uh, really? Yeah. I'm, You're also just an old man. <laughs> just an old man. <laughs> um, here's the thing. They say there's Carlsberg years. Right, like that's their slogan. Like you're in your Carlsberg years, but I don't know what those are yet. So what happens if, like, by the time I'm sixty, that's really Carlsberg? Just want a Carlsberg, and that's all I want to drink is Carlsberg. Well, I've got that covered. You don't have that on your list, so you'll be like, oh, I don't like any of these beers anymore. But I'm in my Carlsberg years, so I got that covered for when I'm older. Um, and then I went with Corona, another iffy, like not because I was like, okay, it's summer, I'm outside. I don't always necessarily want a heavy thing. I just want a light, nice little light drink. And then I went with Insurance Man, which is the only like like for like that we have. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if, if they, they probably aren't listening, but the Toboggan Brewery in London, Ontario is fantastic. Agreed. Um, and then my stout. I'm not a huge stout fan, but I found one that I loved. I'm not 100% sure it's not just because of the name. Mm. The Dark Lord Imperial stout nice and i was just like it's <laughs> that g- sounds like something you should like well it kind of like like the can kind of looks like vader nice. um it doesn't have him on it but it's like they're clearly trying to right. make you think that it, and i'm like it's a stout it's not it's not like a it's not a thick one though like it is but i mean like it's not like guinness where it's like oh, i've had a meal you know what i mean so but yeah anyway, that's my six pack all right all right Fair um enough. But I would trade all of those for iced tea and chocolate milk. So that's just throwing that out there right there. All right. So there's a question for our listeners. What would be your fan? If uh, you can do it in Chris's style, what if you could only have six beers for the rest of your life, what six pack are you drinking? Uh, and if, if, somebody's going to post Bud, Bud Light, Blue, Blue Light. <laughs> maybe. Done. Done. I don't even need the other two. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in hearing Matt Capps, uh, fantasy six pack because we did learn in a front pew episode recently that Matt Capps allows, um, drunk female, uh, deacons to be, uh, you know, deacons in his church. (laughs) What was it? What was it that Greg said? Drunk divorce, uh, female deacons. I feel like, I feel like more context is required for that for everyone. You just have to listen to the front pew. Please, please don't. Uh, um, okay. All right. Let's get into some real questions. All right. What do we have? All right. Good question. One we haven't actually addressed on the podcast, I don't think. Uh, maybe maybe a couple one-off comments, but never anything like serious. Pedo-baptism versus credo-baptism. Yeah. And the question is broken down into uh. three different segments. Where do we fall? How important do we think it is? And how do we deal with unity and division around this issue? Bam. P Nate, <laughs> where do you fall? Um, okay. I I currently am ordained with a denomination that is uh, Credo Baptist. Uh, I am Credo Baptist by conviction. However, um, because of my study in covenant theology, um, and I I find that I can be swayed. I can see yeah. the anguish on your well, face when you answer this question. You know, when I read Federal Vision, you know, Doug Wilson, when I when I read uh, about covenant theology, I can be very uh, persuaded to see uh, the the Pado Baptist understanding of the whole counsel of God. 
So just for our listeners who maybe have never looked into this this topic, it's easy for Credo Baptist to look at Scripture and say, you know, there's no baptized infants in the New Testament. It never tells us to do it. Show me the verse, right? And in in order to make that a fair fight, you can't just look. You can't just go to your Bible concordance and and, and look up baptism and, and all the places it's look because you have to look up circumcision and you have to look up covenant and you have to look up family and you have to look up you have to look up all these things because the the whole point is that baptism is the New Testament sign that you are part of the covenant community. The Old Testament sign that you're part of the covenant community was circumcision. So, the argument is that just like Abraham circumcised both Isaac, the son of the promise, and Ishmael, the unregenerate son, so too do we give the sign of the New Testament covenant, baptism, to all members of our household as Abraham was commanded to do by God. Salvation is is and always has been up to God, but to deny children baptism is to deny their place in the covenant community. And the New Testament seems pretty clear that children are part of the covenant community because children, uh, Jesus, um, I was about to say throw sh- throws shade. Can you believe I was about to say that? Throws shade at his <laughs> disciples, <laughs> chastises his disciples for not allowing the children to come to him. Right it, throughout the epistles, Ephesians is a great example. Ephesians chapter six, it talks about uh, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is good. So Paul is writing his letters as if the children who are part of that community are part of the covenant community. So to deny them the sign of being part of the covenant community seems um, counter to scripture. So I see those arguments and I I can be very easily persuaded by them, but. All that said, I am, I am, as I look at the book of Acts and I see the, uh, the occurrences that all of the people that seem to be baptized in the book of Acts are adults. And I know there's the verses where so-and-so and his entire family were baptized, or everyone in his household were baptized, and they infer from that that there were children. I think if, we were, if, God, if God was calling us to baptize our children, in such a way that it is as important as many paedo-baptists paint it to be, I think it would be more explicit. So, all that to say, I am credo-baptist by conviction, but as you can see, I, I am very swayed by the paedo-baptist position. And to me, this area, this, this issue is far less clear than many other issues that denominations have died for. So, if if I was king of the world, I, I, would, I would allow in my denomination uh, both Pado and Credo Baptists because I think a good biblical case can be made for both. But I am, I am Credo Baptist by profession. Would you make them articulate why? Yes. Either side? Yes. I, they would have to have a good biblical argument. Somebody could not come to me and say, I was baptized as an infant, therefore I should not get baptized as an adult. Um, or because I don't want to, because I'm uncomfortable, because I don't like being in front of people, because I don't want to make a profession of faith, because I can't articulate myself. Those aren't good reasons. You have to give me a good biblical reason. And if you are paedo-baptist by conviction, then I would let you be a member of 
my church. <laughs> the reason I'm hesitating there is because I'm part of a denomination, right? And I'm and I'm part of a a board of elders, and I do not run my church, and I do not run my denomination. So we are run by a plurality of elders, and our church is a credo Baptist church by conviction. Me, I personally am very swayed by some Pado Baptist arguments, but like I said, I think a good biblical argument argument can be made on both sides. So. However you can articulate your point, if you can defend it biblically, then I am not going to bind your conscience on this issue. How's that? Is that enough equivocating for, for what? <laughs> yeah, what I'm, about you? You answer the question. You're, I, you're I, thought it was, I thought it was pretty simple. Like, I, I, I'm credo-baptist, so by conviction, mostly because I, I've never actually, tr- like, and I know we make the joke sometimes there's issues that we just, I believe this and I just haven't actually gone and, and right. tried to prove myself right, right. the other side or anything like that. This is one of those. Um, mostly based on, you know, like you said, the book of Acts, it seems to imply baptism comes after regeneration in all situations. They became believers and then were baptized. Yes. Um, the great commission tells us to baptize people in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit. Um, after we've you know taught them to obey and whatnot, so it seems like it's it's a step after after they've been converted. Converted. Yeah. I don't see any examples specifically of children being baptized. I know there was a funny meme which I was going to use, and then you destroyed that like joke. But there's more sea monsters in the Bible than babies being baptized. <laughs> right. But like, you kind of made that feel awkward <laughs> to say, so I'm not going to say that. But um, but again, it's it's not because I I'm. This is an, I'm not super well researched in, in the Pado position. Right. I probably could be swayed. Somebody like Doug Wilson could probably sway me on, on this. If he can show it, like, like we say with everything, right. If they can show me in scripture and they can prove it to me in scripture, I'll, I'll believe it because I'm willing to be reformed by the scripture in any of my, my, my views. This is just one that I haven't actually researched. I, I, I do think it's, not as important as people seem to make out. And I know this might start to get controversial, but you, you kind of mentioned it and it was, I thought it was pretty profound. Like denominations like break, die and fight about this issue. Yeah. You're a well-read guy and you don't know your, your position on this. Right. John Piper and Doug Wilson both have dedicated their entire lives to studying the word of God. Right. And they differ on this position. Right. So I think, I think we make, too much of an issue on the uh, on this the better point is 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 like what you said if you can come and to see something in scripture that says that i should do the i should do pedo or i should do credo as long as you can prove it to me using the bible as your authority then i am totally fine with it either either way yeah Um, and that's how i'd answer that third question how do we deal with unity and diversion division around this just show me in the Bible and we yeah, are, are going to have a problem. Uh, the, and the question comes, I mean, I, I get that this can become more difficult in families, right? So first of all, I think that this is something that you actually should see eye to eye with your spouse on, right? I mean, because you're, you're going to have kids and they're going to have to get I, I do. <laughs> yeah, this is the counseling <laughs> session. No, but, um, but uh, like... Even, I mean, siblings, right? So, like, if you disagreed with this, and if you and your brother are both Christians and and you differ on this, then 
he's going to think that you ought to baptize your children and you are going to think that he ought not to baptize his children, right? And so there is there is a level of, of uh, division there that could get hairy. So I see that that, like it, within a church, I think this is one of those areas that, it, like you said, if you can make a strong biblical argument either side, then we ought to be able to come together. But within families, I can see how that can be, how, how it could be a divisive issue. So for that, I would, I would again, I would just simply say, try to, try to um, talk through this issue. Don't let emotions get involved. Go back to our episode on in-house apologetics, right? And, mm-hmm. and some of the guidelines that we talked about on how to disagree with your brother in unity and go through those guidelines and walk through and, and try to get on the same page about this sort of stuff. And the truth is, is that, as much as I have looked into this topic, I, um, I, I, I'm, I'm ordained and have been mentored in a denomination that is credo-baptist by conviction. And so my, the incentive I have to switch positions on this is pretty low. Uh, so I, you know, I, I could do more study on this. And, uh, and I would just I would encourage uh, anybody who's really thinking through this issue here are two good places to start, and then from there, you know, keep studying because the, especially if this is a uh, something that your family is experiencing some division on, uh, I do believe that the Holy Spirit will lead you to truth on it. But uh, start with the YouTube video of uh, R.C. Sproul debating uh, John MacArthur. It's not really so much a debate as it is each of them kind of giving their presentation. Uh, so John MacArthur is Credo Baptist, um, and R.C. Sproul Pado Baptist, and they each kind of give their position. And I think they're, it's charitable to one another as we're being here in terms of, you know, people have seen this on either side. Um, and then from there, you even go to our, uh, the, the Two Thieves uh, put out a couple of weeks ago a, an episode on uh, baptism. And, uh, and they did a good job at representing both sides and, or at least explaining both sides. And talking about where they fall, um, and uh, and start there, and uh, and you can go through. And uh, uh, John Knox, I mean, he has some great stuff. If uh, if you're looking at uh, Reformation is in the air right now on uh, on pedo baptism. So, yeah, go and go go and research it. But that's kind of where we stand on it. We I, I I not that I think it's a secondary issue, but I think it's it's unclear enough that I think people ought to be able to get along despite it. Next question we got. Yep. Um, one that kind of comes up fairly often in terms of the accusa- accusation that we get accused with this, and this is one that uh, is set towards Christians quite often, is that we're one-issue voters, yeah. that we vote based on one issue. Most of the time, it's usually either abortion or another issue. And so basically, the question comes in, are you a one-issue voter should we be one issue voters and how do we respond to that criticism? It is a good question. It's a good question for a number of reasons. I, I don't think we should be one issue voters in, in general. Um, you know, when we talk about being a one issue voter, uh, there's a couple different things that people generally talk about. Um, if, if you're talking about being a one issue voter uh, in terms of a specific policy, gun control or climate change, or um, gay marriage, you know, I, I, I think you are being a bit naive. I, I, I deliberately didn't say abortion there because um, I think abortion can be the one issue vote that people could latch on to. The reason I say that is because in North America alone, a million 
children are dismembered in the womb every single year. So, I mean, you can talk about gun control and the 322 people that have been killed since uh, 2011. Um, 322 people get dismembered in the womb every single day. Um, Las Vegas alone, we talk about the the shooting in Las Vegas, 59 innocent people lost their lives. Um, 60, uh, so uh, something like 38 children get aborted in Las Vegas every single day. So in two days, more children lost their lives than in that mass shooting. So, you know, you talk about climate change and you talk about you, uh, all these issues that could be, um, that could affect so many different lives. None of them are on the scale of abortion. Um, I am a one issue voter, but it's not, a, it's not abortion. My, my one issue abortion, I would just call it regenerate, <laughs> Re, rege, uh, you know, is the person a Christian? To me, that, that's what matters. If, if somebody does not have a Christian worldview, they cannot make sense of the world around them. I can't, I can't trust somebody who does not bow the knee to Christ to balance a checkbook, let alone run the finances of an entire country, um, because the Christian worldview is the only worldview that makes sense of the world around us. So um, so I, I, could, I can sympathize with those who would say that their one issue that they're voting on is abortion— um, but I would say I am a one-issue voter, and and it would be um, whether or not they declare Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Yeah, I I would I would basically say the same in the second half. The in terms of the abortion, which was generally what people are meaning yeah. when they refer yeah. to this, how I respond to that is that to me that's not an issue. That's a it's it's a genocide. It's a hate crime. It's war crimes against our children. Right. So it isn't it isn't something that I'm voting an issue. That just needs to stop, regardless of who become, comes in power. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah, fighting the issue. Right. Whoever is going to get me to get that stopped as fast as possible, I'll vote for them. I'll deal with all of the other stuff once genocide stops. Yeah. Um, so once that stops, we can start worrying about the right. budget, the economy, and all yeah. that things. And, so, and you're absolutely right because, I mean, just think about how backwards this is, right? So honestly, in, in, in all honesty, think about if, if, you know, slave trade is going on in the U.S., and, um, and, and people who are looking at the slave trade and saying, this is, this is horrible, this is awful, this is not the way it should be. As a country, we ought not to be condoning this. These are human beings made in the image of God. And, and yet somebody is running for, whether it's local or, or federal or, uh, or uh, state government, and they're talking about, you know, that they're going to make, you know, more accessible roads, Right. Who cares? Exactly. Right? With what's going on in in the southern states, who cares? And sometimes that's why I get so fired up with, with um, Facebook political debates on, on uh, gun control and on climate change and on um, gender politics. I get so worked up because this is a, a million children every single year. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. 8,700 children every single day get dismembered in the womb. And there are no—and and in Canada, there's no regulations. That can go right up until the moment before they come out of the uh, birth canal. You, you can—they can literally collapse a skull that is moments away from drawing its first breath outside of the um, uh, embryonic fluid— 
and um, and that is legal here. It's 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 an abomination. It's it's pathetic that in our day and age, you know, forget you know, I, I'll I'll put my my Bible at the door for this right now, just for a second. I think I I, we, I don't think we should as Christians. I don't advocate for this, but just for the sake of this little rant right now, <laughs> I'll leave my Bible at the door, and I will just say, just based on technology alone. Our abortion laws came in in the Jurassic period. Technology was not what it is now. We can see inside the womb now in ways that we couldn't have imagined when Roe v. Wade and all these uh, laws became legal. We now watch a three-week-old fetus, a three-week-old baby inside the womb, shrinking away from forceps that are trying to tear its limbs off, um, displaying all the, the same... Um, indicators of fear and pain that you and I would experience. We can see that now. And women still look at that and say, it's my body, I get to choose. So yeah, you know what? You want to be a one-issue voter on this issue? I'm all for it. I'm fine with that. That's how I look. Until that stops, then we can figure out the rest. Yeah, so. Um, So next next question. Um, (laughs) Get settled down for a second. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm settled. settled. Question comes in. Might have to explain it a little bit. It says, why did Jesus not know everything? And I think what the the question is referring to is um, him having to learn obedience, which would imply that he didn't know it right Right. away. And then he mentions in Matthew that he doesn't even know the other, only the father knows the hour. Um, So there'd be things that, two clear examples of times where he wasn't privy to the whole story but if he's fully God and fully man, why is that? Yeah, I think that there's uh, there's some ways that we can talk about this that aren't right. So we can say things like, um, in becoming fully man, God surrendered some of his divine attributes. I don't think we can say that. Um, I think what we can say is that in his human experience, God, Jesus voluntarily chose not to access certain characteristics of his divine nature meaning um, his omnipotence, his omniscience, right? Those, those sovereign attributes of God that Jesus chose, voluntarily chose to surrender um, during his time as a human. Um, not that he surrendered them ultimately, but that he uh, chose not to operate within them in order for his human experience to be um, full here on earth, right? In order to experience all the things that we experience, as, as Hebrews says. Um, I think uh, the in terms of uh, why didn't he know everything? That's part of being human. In terms of uh, so so that so again, I think he voluntarily surrendered certain divine attributes to in order to experience humanity in its fullness. And then I would also say that part of being human is the growing aspect of being a human, right? And so he was born a baby. Right, he could have been he could have been created or incarnated in any way that he chose. He could have he could have been incarnated like Adam, you know, created as a fully formed man. Um, but he chose to be born um, through through a virgin uh, with the whole birth story, become a helpless babe. Um, and I think that, that there are biblical principles that are shown there, right? Whether it's the mustard seed kingdom, whether, you know, there are, there are um, biblical principles that are at work in God choosing what's small and helpless 
and and making much of it so too did did the god himself choose to be incarnated as a small baby and so part of being you know part of the having kind of the authentic human experience is is growing and so he had to grow he had to learn how to walk he had to learn how to talk he had to learn all those things even even though he's god in order to have the full human experience and and so i would answer the question by saying it this way if it wasn't the case then his human experience would have been, uh, it wouldn't have been authentic. It would have been like God putting on a, a human suit, right? Like, you know, in, in Men in Black, when the aliens put on like human suits and they're, they're bad, they're bad human suits, right? And it, it's like a little alien controlling like a human suit. Um, that's not what Jesus experienced like a human was. It was authentic. It was real. He was the human. He wasn't trapped inside human flesh, so to speak. Um, and in order for that to happen, he had to have the experience of learning and growing and and uh, developing and and all those sorts of things. So, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I I've always thought of it as like he purposely limited himself, right? So, yeah. because he is fully God, so that would also mean that his voice would terrify everybody if he didn't limit himself in a human into a human way, right? Okay. His glory and all that stuff would be overwhelming to the rest of us if he if he didn't limit certain things in his character just so that he could be like the, right. like the rest of us so I, that I know we want to get to it, one so. more question so I want to I want to jump ahead but I'll just say this because I know you and I disagree on this so we won't get into the conversation I just want other people's opinion <laughs> I, I just want other say. people's opinion on this so one of the things Chris and I disagree on is um in that experience of Jesus growing and developing, right? He learned the scriptures. Um, it, it tells us when he was a young kid that he you know, stayed behind at the temple and he was asking and, and astonishing the rabbis with all of his knowledge and all this kind of stuff. Uh, Chris and I differ on this. I'm not even going to tell the listeners where each of us fall. Okay. So the question is, did Jesus always have a divine knowledge of himself or did that develop? So did Jesus discover that he was the Messiah or did he always know? In searching the scriptures, right, in, in studying the scriptures, did he come to find that he was the fulfillment of Psalm 22 and, Psalm, and Isaiah 43 and Isaiah 53 and, and Genesis chapter 3? And did he discover that that was him or did he always have that knowledge? Um, I think that's a really fascinating question. Uh, we even tried to get uh, Pastor John Piper to answer that question by posting it to Ask Pastor John, and Tony Ranke has let us down. So, Tony, if you're listening, <laughs> get John to answer that question. I'm just curious to know what other people think, even within the, the BMN. I'd, I'd be interested to know the answer to that question. So I'll just throw that out there, and we won't tell you where we stand. You'll have to stay tuned. Maybe we should make a poll and get people to guess which one there you go. which. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so I won't give any one, one more question, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up this episode. All right, let's try to find one that's uh, a little more practical here. We got some big ones that we should cover. Maybe we should do some podcasts on some of these ones, like why is there evil in the world, um, things like that. Um, all right, how about this one? What's wrong with calling sins mistakes? 
Yeah, I, I, I remember when that question came in because we had kind of chuckled about it on a podcast episode and then one of the listeners emailed us basically saying, ooh, I, I, just, I just taught this to my son. I was just teaching that sin is, is the mistakes that we make. You know, did I, did I screw up my son eternally? <laughs> Good news, no, you didn't. Salvation is in God's hands. Here's the problem. I think that any time that we call sin mistakes, we are dissolving ourselves of some of the responsibility of it. A mistake implies that there wasn't intent. And so I don't think you screwed up your kid by, by calling sin mistakes. And, and I'm sure at some point in my parenting, I'm, I'm going to use words like that. And I know personally that there are times when I need to say, I sinned, I repent, will you forgive me? And instead I say, I'm sorry that I made that mistake. So I know that I do this, but it's part of my my ongoing battle with sin. It's not, um, it, it, and it's nothing else. So I would say that the problem with calling sin mistakes is that it, it it takes away the intent. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know that we sin because we want to sin, because we we can't help but sinning, um, not simply because we we make mistakes. Yeah, it's probably okay to articulate it that way to a child, right? But if you're still teaching that same child when they're 10, 13, 15, that it's all, it's just a little mistake, then, then you're missing the point. You're missing what sin really well, is. And even before that, and I hate to cut you off, but I would just say, because I, I know, like I'm, I'm asking the question uh, for myself because I have a toddler and I, I sometimes am amazed at how much she does grasp. And, and so I would, I would say like, I, I would correct it now, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't use that language intentionally. I would I would say instead that sin is the bad things that we do, and you know Quinn Quinn is just a toddler, but she can understand when I say you're not listening because you don't want to listen to Daddy, do you? And she'll say no. <laughs> she knows she doesn't want to. Or I'll say um, you know she's uh, she's screaming, and I've told her not to scream, and I, I say you're still screaming. It, you know, it, is it because you're not listening? Yes. Yes, it's because I'm not listening. Is it because you still want to do what you want to do? Yes, it's because I still want to do what I want to do. So I, I, would, I would articulate it to your children. As sin is the bad things that we do. And, and I think that that's simple enough for them to grasp. And it's not going to confuse them later as it's just the mistakes. Because you know what? Dropping the milk is a mistake. But that's not a sin. That's a mistake. It is but define, <laughs> but defying, yeah, milk is expensive, um, but defying mom or dad, not obeying your parents, um, you know, that's, that's a little sin <laughs> and she's a little sinner and she needs to grasp that if I ever want the gospel to take root. Nate, Nate's the parent who opens Romans every day, every day. <laughs> <That's Like, true. laughs> uh, just yeah. kidding. Listen, Quinn. Do you want to be Jacob or Esau? <laughs> no, 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 bros. Well, that, that's all. That's all the questions we'll handle in this in this episode. We do we do respond to these when you guys message them to us as fast as we can, and we will gladly continue to do so. So keep sending your questions in because I know nothing makes <laughs> makes Nate and me uh, get more excited than when we get questions that we can interact with. Yeah. So feel free to keep dropping those in, and then you know. Every once in a while, we'll just throw them all in the podcast when we get enough that we uh, can't handle them all just through text and uh, email. So uh, we appreciate that. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Have a great one, guys. You've been listening to the Rebel Alliance podcast, where we equip you to engage culture through a biblical worldview. Please take the time to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Write a review and leave a five-star rating. 
If you would like to see all of our content, which includes podcast episodes uploaded to iTunes each Wednesday, and short videos about engaging culture released on Facebook each Friday, please visit us online at rebelalliancemedia.com. We love hearing from you, so if you have questions, comments, or would like to suggest episode topics, send us a message on Facebook or email us at info at rebelalliancemedia.com. Thanks for joining us, and you may now consider yourself part of the rebellion.